You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This morning for our radio, TV, and uh, podcast out of the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So thank you so much for joining us um, here in the middle of March. I am very grateful today to have a conversation with two folks that are in the quote-unquote field of renewal. They're out there in our parishes doing their real work of evangelization, and I thought, given that we're in the middle of Lent, it might be a nice time just to check in with some folks who are out there doing this hard work of planting seeds and and um, helping us understand how this renewal is lived out. So our first guest this morning is Mary, and Mary Hermanson. Uh, she is the coordinator for evangelization at Mary Seed of Wisdom. So it's pretty easy, Mary from Mary Seed of Wisdom. Um, and so uh, I'm just really grateful to have you here. Hi, Mary. Hey there. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So I met Mary a couple years ago when she was tapped on the shoulder from her pastor um, to become the evangelization lead in the parish, right? Um, to, yep. to sort of lead the effort. There is a director of evangelization, formation and evangelization, Dolly, right? But you're the person mm-hmm. who coordinates the day-to-day. So would you just share with our listeners what your job is and what it looks like? Yeah, actually, it's been just an amazing experience. I um, am day-to-day in charge of two things. Uh, we are running Alpha at our parish, mm-hmm. and so I coordinate and lead a team for Alpha. And then also we do Evangelical Catholic, mm-hmm. and um, I have coordinated and led women through um, through that as well. Both uh, Evangelical Catholic is about missionary discipleship, um, and Alpha is an entry step into uh into discipleship or renewed discipleship. Excellent. So, um, so Mary, would you uh, just tell the folks where you, how you got this role, like your previous, what your, yeah. your little background and how you ended up being asked to do this? Sure. Um, I often, when I talk about it, is 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 the fact the Lord does lead us when we don't even know He is sometimes. Um, so I was in between uh, jobs from a corporate career perspective. Um, and had a lot going on. This was all pre-COVID and uh, sort of had a renewed sense of leaning into my faith um, in a time of a lot of uncertainty, um, strife, whether it was with work, family situations, health, um, some health things with some family members. And um, that happened right before COVID hit. And so for me, COVID was a real opportunity for renewal. Um, Mm. I really, really missed church. Uh, I missed Mm -hmm. coming together with others to celebrate um, I missed the Eucharist. I missed adoration. I missed time for prayer. And so I had said to my pastor, what can I do to help when things were ready to open up again? Mm-hmm. And so I was a part of the, you know, the COVID response team uh-huh. uh, for when the churches opened. Um, but as that moved into more and as I felt just such joy to be able to welcome everybody back, um, 
and then saw the people that didn't come back mm. and they weren't ready for it. Yeah. Um, father and I, um, I kind of committed to just say yes to whatever came next. And father asked me to step into this role. Um, we were just coming to the second part of Renew My Church, the building the new reality. And um, he and I spent time talking about it and praying about it. Uh, Dolly Pointner, who's the director of evangelization, was new to our parish. And um, she and I worked together really well. Uh, and they needed somebody to help coordinate sort of the day-to-day um, administration part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stepped in and we started with Evangelical Catholic and have since uh, launched Alpha. So tell us a little bit about Evangelical Catholic and how um, that is a piece of the puzzle that your parish in particular decided to use. And then we can talk a little bit about Alpha. Sure. Um, so EC is an organization out of Wisconsin that works with parishes um, to help, uh, frankly, train people for mission. Mm. Um, it helps walk people through uh, discipleship into missionary discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with, it's been beautiful. I walk with usually 10 to 12 women at a time. Um, we form a really tight community. It's about a 12-week program that involves um, group work as well as daily prayer and one-on-one time together. Mm. And so re you know re reconnect with um where we see god working in our lives uh we share that with each other and see how god's working in each other's lives and then the the um video part of the program helps us understand how to share that with other people mm. um and how to prayfully discern how we're called to do that mm-hmm. you know we each have a story of god in our life that is meant for us to share with others mm-hmm. and there are other people that need each of our individual stories and so there's a lot of time spent in prayer about how to bring that to life. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them have gone on to lead small groups. So we've added about 12 small groups to our um, parish in the two years we've done it. Um, we've started a daily rosary for after school. One of the school moms felt really called to that. Mm-hmm. So we now have a daily rosary uh, once a week that meets uh, in the church after school lets out. And we we get anywhere from five to 20 people nice. um, who join us. During Lent, the number gets higher, but it's beautiful. Kids come in with their parents, their grandparents, whoever's picking them up. Yeah. Um, and then we've taken turns letting the kids lead it. Oh, nice. So that was what she felt called to. Yeah, yeah. So evangelical Catholic is more uh, focused on people that are already in the pews and perhaps are have some level of discipleship, right? And you're just taking yeah. them a little deeper. Is that how it works? Yes. It is really best with somebody who is already um, just, you know, committed to discipling to mm-hmm. some level. And it helps them go deeper and think about how they can share that with others. So we recognize that in this kind of space, people need to be accompanied in that. Is that the purpose of the small groups? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Excellent. So when they started small groups now, what what do those small groups look like? Yeah, it's really varied. Um, Each woman is one. One woman is a mom of school-aged children, and so she has invited other moms that she knows and they meet um they meet about once every four weeks they okay. kind of juggle it based on schedules yeah but they get together and they pray together they mm-hmm. read scripture together mm. um and they reflect and they share where they see god working in their lives Excellent. um another woman that had gone through it was at a different phase in her in her motherhood her children were getting married so it wasn't even like not just empty nest it was post that so her oh. children are starting their lives yeah and she felt a void and so she gathered other women that were in the same place that she was and mm. are discerning sort of what's next for us mm-hmm. now that we're needed in a very, very different way with our families. 
And so they meet once a week. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Another, they have more yeah, time. So, and another woman is very artful. And so she's created a beautiful way of bringing art and scripture together. Mm. And that has really touched the heart of people who, um, who can experience scripture in a very creative way. Yeah. Um, so she does, um, they read this daily scripture and then they create from that. Oh, wow. um, so that's touched some different people. Yeah. So they've really varied based on the individual and what their gifts are mm-hmm. um, and where they feel called to use those gifts. Excellent. And so we, so that's your parish actually started with evangelical Catholic. Um, if I, if I recall, right. Even before yeah. sort of you went through the unification and things like that, right. Weren't you mm-hmm. doing some of that work? prior yes we have that and then we have a focus missionary as well Mm -hmm. who does um that work and we started there before we started got it got it so alpha so when you came on board part through sort of the intentional process that our office works um we Mm -hmm. we talk on this radio show a lot about a charismatic soft entry point that place where (laughs) people shallow end of the pool um, before we get into Alpha specifically, I, you know, I was with Mary when um, Jen, uh, who used to co-host this show with me, uh, was uh, Mary's evangelization coordinator, and Jen left us to go on to different, <laughs> you know, path. Um, experiences. Yes, and uh, Mary, uh, I, it was in between. Mary was about ready to do a big parish event, right? And um, I was asked to kind of walk with her through that. And so I was at that. And I was just, I have to just tell you, Mary, that was just so impressive to um, hear you give witness in front of, you know, all these people that you've worshipped with for all these years. And they clearly knew you. Um, And one of the interesting things is that we use this analogy of the pool. And I would love, I don't know if you remember what you said about Mm -hmm. the pool, but would you, I I repeated a lot because I was like, wow, that's such a good way to talk about it. Would you talk a little bit about when we talk about that analogy of the pool, getting in the pool? Sure, sure. Yeah, actually, I use it all the time. And now often I refer back to it (laughs) because people have heard it so much. Yeah. Um, I found the swimming pool analogy just spot on. Um, and I really related it to the audience. Everybody's taught somebody, somebody to swim. Mm. I would say most parents have Mm -hmm. taught somebody to swim or have been there when they've wanted their children to learn to swim. And so it, it relates to everybody. And we talk a lot about, you know, if you don't know how to swim, the pool can be a very dangerous place and a little scary. And so where do you start? You start in the shallow end of the pool. Um, we talked a lot about how, we invite people to the shallow end of the pool. Um, and that's where all the play happens too. So we talked about, you know, the shallow end of the pool is where all the fun is. You can get refreshed in the swimming pool and never leave the shallow end of the pool. Oh. You can sit there and sit with uh, in the water True. and that's where all the fountains are and that's where all the pool toys are. Um, and you can have a whole lot of fun with your friends and never leave the shallow end of the pool but then you never experience the joy of sweep of swimming. Mm. And so we then kind of equate it back to, do you, have you ever yourself been in the shallow end of the pool and not moved beyond that because it's mm. so much fun? Mm. Or do you know others maybe that are in the shallow end of the pool and in our churches, they do all the great fun activities. Um, they're a part of all the social events, but they don't join the prayer groups or they don't join the Bible studies or they haven't they haven't moved beyond the shallow end of the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people kind of resonate with that, whether it's yeah. themselves at a time or whether they know a friend or a sibling or a bro- what have you, a spouse. And then we talked about, you know, the reason your child moved from the shallow end of the pool was you held their hand and invited them to stand up and to walk with you. Mm-hmm. And you and you walked with them to where the pool is maybe waist deep. 
um, and and you splashed around with them and you um, held their hand while they walked or you held them and kind of swayed them in the water and, and got that sense of freedom that they might experience when swimming. Um, and then we talked about the first time somebody dunked their head in the pool and or jumped in off the side, side of the pool and got their head wet and just that expression of joy mm. that children have the first time that happens when they're safe and when they're held. Yeah. And what that's like the first time somebody maybe realizes that God loves me. Yeah. Like he created me and what that feels like the first time somebody really starts to think about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can know it, mm -hmm. but not really feel it. Right. But the first time you personalize it for right. me is like that first refreshing aha of, of, of being in the water. Mm. And then we talked about how, you know, even beyond that, um, you need to go, you go deeper when you're learning to swim. Mm -hmm. You maybe hold onto a kickboard or you have, you have a floating device a noodle. Um, or something that lets you pick your feet up. Yep. Um, but you um, are still where you could stand if you, if you had to. And that again helps happens because somebody offers you that um, kickboard mm -hmm. or that noodle, pool noodle. Mm -hmm. And somebody encourages you to pick your feet up. So um, and you trust this whole them, idea of constant, right? Yep. Of constant yep. encouragement. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about what, what could happen. That's scary. So you could be there at that part of the pool and somebody dunks you. Yeah. And you're, and it's unexpected. And how does that feel when you're learning to swim? And if you've had a child that that's happened to, sometimes it's hard to get them back in the water. They go back. equated that to like, what about the first time somebody asks a question and somebody says, I don't know the answer in church. And somebody says, well, I don't know. We don't, we don't, I don't know. We don't ask those questions mm -hmm. or, or the, or, or when somebody doesn't let you into the pew at mass mm. or somebody doesn't um, introduce themselves when they come to a meeting for this first time. Yeah. So we're going to so, take a break right here. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to take a break. We're going to come back and continue talking to Mary about the pool analogy. I love this. Thank you, Mary. We'll be right back sure. on the way. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 782-4224 in Lake County 
We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. Folks, you probably know that on March 13th, we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as the Bishop of Rome. Ever since his election, he has asked the people of God to pray for him. And so we are joining in an effort asking Catholics on March 13th to say 10 Hail Marys for him. You can learn more about this and register your name at artchicago.org. I encourage all of you to participate in this support of the Holy Father as he celebrates a decade of service to the people of God. Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with the decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Cause I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking Come back to life Well I'm on my way I can't get there on my own Have a skate No skating through As I wait for you Come and take me Welcome back to On The Way. I am Beth White, your host this morning for the radio show that comes from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship. So I am very grateful to have to continue my conversation with Mary Hermanson from Mary Seed of Wisdom here in Park Ridge, uh, Illinois. And Mary, you were just sharing with us about the pool image, and we got about halfway through the pool uh, where someone got uh, dunked uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> and um, when that, that happens, um, like you said, someone rejects you. I, I was just... Um, uh, I was at a gathering with lay leaders, and a woman in her 30s, she shared the story. She's now a very active member of the church, but uh, when she was 17, she was a um, re- frequent mass goer. Her parents were very devout. Mm-hmm. They went to mass all the time, and uh, she walked out of a full church uh, to get in her car, and her car wouldn't start, and she put her hood up, and uh, and she shared, and you were there, actually, Mary, and she shared the mm-hmm. story that no one helped her. And that was the moment when she walked away because she was like, this is just a group of hypocrites. They worship in there, but nobody will help me. And um, that is a story we hear over and over again. And that's sort of the person who is in the pool trusting everyone. Um, They think that, you know, it's going well. And then they get dunked 
um, or something comes out of nowhere and everything they thought they lose, they lose their footing, right? And then mm-hmm. what happens, right. Mary? What happens then to a person? Yeah, well, so I think if you get dunked once or twice, you don't come back. Yeah. I mean, I don't never you know, learn every to swim. interaction we have with people, right? Yeah. And so you never, you never learn what it's like to continue this journey with Jesus and, yeah. and all the beauty that comes with that. So not only do we need to be careful, we don't do dunk people. And, you know, often it's not intentional. Nobody said, I'm not going to help that person. It's just that nobody helped. Right. Um, Right. So we need to be really careful. And then we also need to be aware when it happens and we need to invite people back. So if you get, you know, if you're you're swimming and you have a bad experience, I have a very distinct memory of, of a wave crashing over me when I was little and I never wanted to go back to the beach. And you know, fortunately, my parents, you know, my parents, again, it, it works so, the analogy yeah. works so well. My parents right. encouraged me and invited me and held mm-hmm. my hand. They didn't throw and you back in the water. Shame. They just. You go back in the water. Yeah, let's try it again. And so we need to be that for everybody. Right. And, uh, right. and then you continue, you continue to walk. And, and I talk about how you, you then get to the part where you, you yourself are walking down that slope into the deep end. And then you're like. Um, <laughs> And you're right. And I, I have this image above. of my own son, like we're walking where the water's up to here. It's the scariest part as a parent because they want to play with their friends, but they can't swim yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to watch. We need to accompany people when they're there in their faith journey, when they are asking the questions and they're reading the books and they're and they're listening and they're attending mass regularly, but they're they're still not say all in mm-hmm. we have to be careful. We don't assume that they are. And yes. we need to walk with them because yeah. those dunks are deep and hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that can happen with grief that can happen with setbacks that could happen with, you know, life that, that, that pulls the, pulls our feet out from underneath us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how do we support people there? And then, you know, the pool analogies then talks about when you, when you, when you give your life to God and when you say, I'm going to follow this, I am going to disciple with Jesus is when you really start to lift your feet up. Yeah. And that's when mm-hmm. you start to swim. Yeah. And that's when you have freedom. Yeah, and you, freedom. And you, it's beautiful. You can jump off the diving board not knowing what's in front of you because you trust mm. that God's got you. Yeah. And um, and you have a community that has you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where all the fun is. But you know, then we talk about how. But that's not. We're not called to just swim. Like we can't stay in the deep end of the pool and look at the people that are at the shallow end and say, "Well, I hope they make it." <laughs> we have to get out of the pool. And teach the others to swim. We need to be the people that invite them out of the shallow ends. We need to be the people that hold their hands as they walk into the deeper waters. We need to be the people that support them as they move into the slope of the pool and start to go deeper. Yeah. We um, even need to be the people that invite people to the pool, right? Yes. Like, like well, hey, the pool is great. Up, Let me give you. Yeah. There was only a pool. Like, there's so many other options for people to oh, go yeah. and to find community. Mm-hmm. Like, they can find community many places mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And so um, we need to invite them into the pool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing I've said, because I've had I've had adults, uh, you know, I've had people say, but I've done everything I was asked to do. I've, I've, I've taught my children Catholic, the Catholic faith, and I've and we've prayed every day when they were little and I sent them to, to religious education or to Catholic schools. And yet they still don't they still don't practice. And, and uh, you know, my thing is there's just less people in the pool. So when I was growing up, if I got out of the pool or if I moved towards the edge of the pool, I had aunts and I had uncles and I had friends that didn't let me out. Mm-hmm. They kept mm-hmm. me in. They kept pushing and, you forward, and, right? Right. And they kept kind of, you're right. So that's yeah. like maybe it wasn't even as intentional. You just kept moving forward. Yeah. Um, because the pool was crowded. Yeah. <laughs> that's where everybody went. Yeah. Everybody um, was there. 
But the analogy works well because it's, it's just the reality is there aren't as many people in the pool. So those of us that are in the pool really need to own um, supporting and guiding and helping and inviting and getting yeah. out of the water and going to the shallow end yeah. and meeting people where they are. So that's a perfect transition. Um, just how has Alpha worked in that pool analogy? Where, where, how, where is it in the pool? And then how have, what have kind of fruit are you already seeing concretely in yeah. the parish? So we started Alpha before COVID mm -hmm. um, and did a couple of sessions when COVID hit. And then we did not, um, we weren't able to sustain it over COVID. So we brought it back last fall mm -hmm. um, and we were fortunate because we had a team in place that had already experienced it. Um, and we had 24 guests. Nice. And, um, you know, we put it at the beginning of the pool. We say it's at the shallow end. I would say very much you, if, if you are not even in the pool yet, it is a beautiful experience. But what I loved was hearing people that are regular mass goers who went to Alpha last time and said it was the first time they felt they could really talk about their doubts and their questions, mm. um, which is real. We have them. And 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 we're yeah. and that's okay to have them, yeah. but it's much better to talk about those questions here than to go out into the world and find all of the answers. Yeah. Um, right. So go in the world, but also come here. And so Alpha worked really well with you know we we had some people that are regular church attendees, but had not done anything before where they talked about their faith. Yeah. Um, we had people talk about how they met, they met people, and this was just 24 people and they met folks that they'd seen at mass and had never known, you know, really known their name. Yeah. Um, and we are a beautiful church that's very social and everybody, you know, we have a great community, but you kind of end up in the group you end up in mm -hmm. or the people that you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a beautiful way to break down some of those um, unintentional um, barriers and um, to meet new groups of people. Um, and then we had three or four people that had not been coming back to church yet. Mm. Oh, and it was perfect, yeah. soft entry for them. Yeah. So um, we had a, we had a young teen who's actually going to go through RCIA. She was she was already on the journey towards RCIA, but she's um, um, going to join come into the church this Easter. Oh wow! Um, and she loved the community aspect of it. Mm. Um, she loved. She's an older teenager but she loved listening to different generations talk about their faith and their experiences that they had had. Um, and she's one of our biggest advocates for Alpha now. So that's an interesting point that I think is beautiful is that people tend to want to put people in their generations, um, mm -hmm. you know, in our church, we're like, oh, the young, you mentioned it earlier with the small groups, right? That people are sort of where their stage mm -hmm. lights and that's beautiful. But one of the things about Alpha that's really interesting if you do intergenerational is that, as you just said, the teen heard from different people at different stages of their life of their, like, it's the witness part of it, yeah. right? It's and, it's and it's really real. And then we had people that our grandparents that were thrilled, they were just over the moon to hear from somebody who was younger. Yes. Um, we had some young yes. adults in the group. Yes. And, and they better understood what their own children are going through, mm -hmm. who maybe aren't practicing, which hurts them, right? Yeah. But they... They heard it from somebody other than their child. It was just, it was just beautiful how the generations yeah. um, um, shared where they are in their journey, how they perceive their faith, how it has helped them, where it has hurt them, maybe. Um, and so that's the interesting thing because whenever you get in the pool, it could be any age, 
right? So mm-hmm. I remember having run in Alpha. We had an 80-something-year-old man join Alpha because his wife had been Lutheran and she had passed away. And so they had sort of raised the children in that tradition. And here he was sort of towards end of life looking at Catholicism anew because he hadn't really engaged in his faith mm-hmm. as, you know. And and so for him, it was a free meal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was the very like a business owner and all that kind of stuff. Retired, um, he was exploring faith in ways that he had never in in a new stage of life. Right, the kind right. of questions you have, um, and yeah. that's the beauty of Alpha is that it lets you um, meets you wherever you're at. Right, there's no yeah. presumption that regardless of what the young person versus the older person, they could be at the exact same spiritual stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very true and have so much to learn from each other. Exactly. That's yeah. just been beautiful. So we started our second alpha or our spring alpha just last Thursday. Oh, nice. And we have 70 guests. Oh, wow. We, Look at you. Yeah. Like we, we, we shocked ourselves. Um, the people that were in the alpha in the fall have joined the team. So we have a nice. large team now. Um, we nice. had 70 guests. Nice. We had a third of them were on, you know, like just to put it into ages, a third of them were under 40, a third of them were like 40s and 50s, and a third of them were 60 plus years old. So wow. it's a beautiful mix of generations, all there for different reasons. Some yeah. are new to the church, yeah. some are um, f- frustrated for various reasons, but it's a beautiful way they can come and have and those process. conversations with their peer yeah. group and process yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, it was Excellent. a great first night, a ton of energy. Nice. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. So we're going to say goodbye, Mary. And I'm just, thank you so much. Such a joy to hear about your experience. That's just so hopeful. And we're going to have Sean O'Day from St. Joseph up next. Um, a uh, also an evangelization person in uh, Vicariate too. Um, so thank you so much, Mary. And um, well, thanks for having I, I, me. I look forward to hearing more news about um, all of the things you're doing um, at Mary. Awesome. The Holy Spirit's at work. There's Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you, Mary. All right. Bye bye. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse 
and look out for the seniors in our lives. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. to On The Way. I am Beth White, your host this morning um, for the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleships radio show, podcast, YouTube show. Um, I am delighted today to be talking to people who are in the field, people who are witnesses to the renewal that we're seeing in our parishes here in the Archdiocese. Um, our office is working with about 108 parishes now, and we have about 60. Uh, it's a whole staging, so not all of them have evangelization leads yet, but we have 60 parishes that have evangelization leads. And we just heard from one of them, and now we're going to hear from another, and it's Sean O'Day. Welcome, Sean. Hi. So good to be with you, Beth. Yeah. It's just uh, an honor to, to be able to share about what we're doing here at St. Joseph at Parish in Lincoln Park. So. So Sean O'Day is uh, your title is director of yeah director of evangelization and I think when I signed on it also had outreach and hospitality but there as simply go. as possible director of evangelization. So Sean is um, he actually we just talked to Mary Hermanson from Mary Seed of Wisdom oh, so fantastic. she's a coordinator and she does sort of the. Um, she just focuses in on the specific ministries of evangelization and there's a director over her, but you are the right. hired person full-time at St. Josephat. So I thought we could just have a little conversation. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, just, I always love for people to know who you are. So what, who are you, what brought you to this whole business of evangelization? 
Yeah, so it, I'll condense it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I am There's from, a long story, I'm sure. Uh, so. A small town in Connecticut, grew up a uh, cradle Catholic, have been uh, involved in the faith for all my life, but kind of that um, not true living out of my faith. Like, mm. uh, I, I like to tell people I got involved with the faith because I'm competitive by nature. And so my two older sisters were involved with high school youth ministry when I could be in middle school youth ministry. So they got to go on mission trips oh. and, and do these service projects. And I got to draw cards for, for the elderly homes and, and go bowling. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 I, I want to do all this really cool stuff. And so uh, I, I told myself, and God uses us in, our, in, our <laughs> in the silly natures we have. But I told myself, I'm going to outfaith my sisters. And that really sprung <laughs> my desire to be as engaged as possible with, uh, with my youth ministry. That led me to Purdue. Purdue, uh, you know, has struggled in the athletics from time to time. They're doing pretty well right now. But uh, when I was there uh, my freshman year, they were like the bottom of the leaderboards in both football and basketball. But I, I would jokingly say we have the number one uh, campus ministry in the whole Big Ten. <laughs> and so, so I was just, I was blessed to be there. Uh, that's where my faith really started to develop. I took on leadership roles. Uh, it led me to working in the church. I changed my major and everything uh, to pursue ministry. And from that pursuit of ministry, I really just, I loved the experience of helping people to come to the faith and the life transformational mm. encounter with Jesus Christ that I experienced there on the campus. Mm. And so my first role introduced me to Alpha, and then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> or uphill I, uh, from there. Once Or uphill from there, yeah. I, I, I use downhill more so from the context of just building momentum. Oh, and got so it. it's just been so amazing uh, to see parishes come to life uh, as their, their communities kind of adopt this, this desire to help people to encounter Christ first and foremost. So Sean, I know Sean, um, he was hired by St. Josephat um, from another diocese, and uh, but he came with sort of this renewal mindset anyway. He'd already started experiencing it in the, um, the parish that he was at in, um, in Lafayette, Indiana, right? Um, yep. And he was bringing that energy. So tell us a little bit about your role at St. Josephat and how you've been there three years, two years, three uh, yeah, I, I started in October 2021, so a little oh. bit over a year and a half, okay. I think. Oh, so oh I'm still wow. pretty fresh. Okay, you're um. still pretty fresh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what's your, uh, gosh, time is just so different with uh, the pandemic and all, right? Like it all right. blends and squishes. And um, so tell us a little bit about what you do at St. Joseph as a director of evangelization. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's by far uh, the best job I could ask for. So if anybody's looking for a new career, can't have mine. I cannot yeah. talk. <laughs> I cannot talk enough about uh, the impact of evangelization and, and working uh, to, to help people to encounter Christ. But um, for me personally, like the day to day, uh, we work towards big events. And so we offer the Alpha program. Mm -hmm. We offer things like following Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're looking into and the following rescue Jesus project. Is, and following Jesus is using the ahead. chosen, right? Following Jesus right. is um, utilizing the, the ser series, the chosen, and helping people like mm -hmm. sort of focus on their own discipleship. So go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. And so all these different programs, like 
it takes uh, an, an army to put them on as mm-hmm. opposed to just myself. And so a lot of my day to day is is building relationships with individuals who's, who've taken on some form of leadership or experience with a, a ministry we already offer or are relatively new to the parish mm-hmm. and just encouraging them that, you know, faith is a journey, but it's a journey better taken with friends. And so I try to be a spiritual friend to as many of the people that I get to interact with as possible. And, and that comes uh, with this new terrain of, as a friend, I'm not just looking for a place for you to get busy and start doing church. I want to help you to be church. I want to help you to um, experience the fullness of life and truth that I've come to understand it offers. And that means I have to learn about you. Mm. I have to learn what makes you so incredible, whether in your career, in your family, in your personal experience. And then in addition, where might God be calling you to get involved in a parish setting uh, mm-hmm. that can kind of bring that more more to life um, and give you an increased experience of the joy of of utilizing your gifts and talents? And so I have a lot of meetings and a lot of coffees with people, but it's uh, it's just so much fun. So, Sean, one of the things that um, my office we talk about um, is and I'm hearing it in your in what you're saying is that. So often we've focused on um, the numbers at mass, right? The mass count, um, attendance, how many people I have in my church. Um, But the new measurement that you can read articles on, if anybody's listening, especially after COVID, uh, is engagement. It's actually the new measurement is how many people in your parish are actually engaged. Is it the same 10% who do everything? Or are you lifting up new leaders? And so could you talk to our listeners a little bit about, because I'm hearing that in you, why that's an important factor in the work that you're doing. Right. And so I, I've i had this realization, especially in my latest position, where as much as I love to see a packed house when it comes to our Sunday masses, I want to know that that person who's coming, and I want to care about that individual, mm-hmm. not just the numbers, not just not just the total population or percentage of the population of our, our geographical area that's coming on any given week, but the individual and their spiritual journey, like how are they feeling about it? And so a lot of the work that we do here at St. Joseph at helps us to provide spaces where we can encounter people and, and, and help them to realize that church is so much more than just coming to mass or mm-hmm. checking off the things on your, your checklist mm-hmm. to be a good Catholic or, mm-hmm. or be a good Christian. It's, it's about experiencing uh, the joy of the, the, the searching, the longing. Uh, and because what I've come to, to learn is that Jesus Christ, he sought after the lost. He sought after those who were seeking, those who needed. Mm-hmm. And so... We have to realize that those people are still here today. They're in our pews. They're in our community, seeking, searching, longing for something. But it can't just be about getting butts in seats. It has to be about how are we really walking with an individual? What are we offering to them to um, breathe new life into maybe an old perception of what the church was meant for? Mm -hmm. And. By doing that, actually, by focusing on helping walking with the people, accompanying people on their faith journey, yeah. 
then what you're doing is you're encouraging them then to invite others to do that for others, right? It takes time, absolutely. But but, right. but you're modeling something for them that you know it isn't. Maybe they can't have the deep theological conversation with someone, sure. But they certainly can give witness, right, about their experience and their own faith journey, right? And so, isn't that part of it as well? Yeah, and so our our parish mission is. Uh, and we didn't we didn't create this, so we we believe that the the Catholic Church is a case church, uh, copy and steal everything. And so, so our uh, our church uh, saw um, saw this uh, this mission, and it was be disciples, make disciples mm-hmm. by a parish in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And we just found that that so clearly articulated what our desire was mm. first and foremost to help people to become a disciple mm-hmm. of, of, of Jesus and then to go forth and recognize like as a disciple I feel called to bring my friends my family my co-workers my neighbors the stranger I met at Starbucks who <laughs> talked to because I don't know just something welled up inside me that made me want to talk to this person mm-hmm. while we stood in line uh, I want to invite them into the thing that makes the biggest difference in my own personal life. Mm. And uh, and if we can become disciples first and foremost, it makes this process of walking with people, accompanying people, uh, really making disciples of others so much easier because we can't give what we don't have. Right. And so we don't expect anybody to walk in and say, all right, you've now entered the church. We are sending you forth. It's like, no, come and be, yeah. come and yeah. come and belong, yeah. come and come and believe. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a short break. Um, unfortunately, we sure. have to do these commercials in between. Um, and we will be right back and continue our conversation with Sean O'Day from St. Joseph Hat. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. Folks, you probably know that on March 13th, we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as the Bishop of Rome. Ever since his election, He has asked the people of God to pray for him. And so we are joining in an effort asking Catholics on March 13th to say 10 Hail Marys for him. You can learn more about this and register your name at artchicago.org. I encourage all of you to participate in this support of the Holy Father as he celebrates a decade of service to the people of God.
have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know alive. Welcome back to On the Way. I am Beth White, continuing my conversation with Sean O'Day from St. Josephat Parish. So Sean is the director for evangelization there at St. Josephat, and we were just talking um, prior to the break about um, the work that he's been doing there and about how he's seeing um, be disciples, make disciples as a critical part of their, their, the way that they think about church and that they invite people in. And, and Sean's talking about like having coffee with people, having conversations with people. Um, Sean, you're not talking about just running programs. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because um, part of encounter engagement is actually is your role isn't so much to activate everything in the parish. It's more to lift up people and lift up leaders and to support those folks, right? So tell our listeners just a little bit about that, and then I'm going to talk. I want to talk about your Alpha experience from last week. So, um, what is the importance of walking with and lifting up leaders? Right. Uh, so I had this phrase shared with me a while ago. It was every human being in the world has 168 hours in their week. Oh. And you're expected to sleep some of them. Okay. <laughs> and so I might sleep less than some others, but um, at the bottom line, I can't do everything that God wants to do in this parish community. Uh, if I have a God-sized dream, a God-sized vision for where we want to take St. Joseph at uh, Parish, then what I have to recognize is I can't just be the one individual who mm -hmm. puts on every program and activates all these things and, and starts up great opportunities. Like I have to invest in key leaders and lift them up so that they can go forth and they can bring new life to ministries. They can do things in ways that I would never dream of doing in a ministry because I have to be so highly focused on my efficiency to get everything accomplished that I can't really truly focus on my efficacy like how effective I am being as a leader. And so, especially in our alphas where we've realized like investing in key leaders and building up a leadership team uh, has brought a whole new life to um, this, this current session. And, mm. and I think that really, truly and honestly, like we're all called to lift up others and to encourage them to take on their role because God's got this perfect yeah. and beautiful plan for every single one of us. And so the fact that we don't bring in as many people as possible to help discern what that plan is for them, uh, whether in our parish community, in the wider neighborhood, uh, or, or somewhere else, like 
they're called to make an impact for God's kingdom. Yep. And, and, and how do we help them to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we use this phrase a lot. We don't, well, in the church, we've tended to hire people to be the disciples. We give disciples a paycheck to run everything. And wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful leaders in our parishes. But I think you named it is that you can only do so much, right? And so if you're trying to run multiple programs, multiple layers, and you're trying to do everything, you're going to do the minimum, not meaning to, but you have to, like, be efficient, right? right. Um, and I love – this is the movement that we're moving toward in Renew My Church is to really encourage our leaders – to lead others and to lead them into their giftedness. So tell us a little bit about this alpha then that you launched. He, oh, okay, so I want to tell everybody. So Mary, just in the fall, they had an alpha. They re, rebooted alpha after the pandemic, and they had a small right. one. And then she started theirs last Thursday night too. So uh, how many people did you have at your alpha? So we ended up having 34 people join us Excellent. for Alpha, um, which was just such a blessing. Excellent. So Mary had 70, but that doesn't That's matter. <laughs> your, your parish is smaller than her parish. So yes. numbers do not matter. Um, but they right. had a beautiful, you had ta- uh, Taco Thursday. Is that it? To we launch did. It. So tell yeah. us a little bit about where we, that we came that. from and a, why you did taco it. Taco Thursday. Yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, no. a, a Taco Thursday kickoff party. Excellent. Uh, we hosted with tacos, margaritas, enchiladas. Wow. Like we we did the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, and and the mindset behind it was we tried this, we piloted this idea in the fall, and mm-hmm. we had just had our parish uh, like social gathering called Joseph Fest, and so we had so many people come and join us for. Um, the Saturday and Sunday kind of parish festival activities that I walked around with a, a little like holder for my phone uh, with a light and a, and a mic. <laughs> and I took photos and I used it as my icebreaker to invite them to our Taco Tuesday. Oh, like, nice. If you're enjoying this party, we think you'd really enjoy oh, this party we're having on Tuesday. Yeah. And so it was such an easy way to get to meet people, encourage yeah. them that like, it's going to be just like this. <laughs> if you're already enjoying what you're doing, like why not take it up a notch with uh, tacos and margaritas and enchiladas on Tuesday. And so we saw so much fruit with that, that we wanted to to do it again. Yeah. And the joy of having a leadership team is I had somebody owning the host and the helpers. I had somebody owning the prayer. I had somebody owning, uh, the decorations, which is nice. never my giftedness, but I I can I can nice. put together a decent party. Yeah. Uh, but this individual, her name's Chris, and she just did such a phenomenal Gifted. job yeah. with all these different ideas. We had luminary bags lighting the way. Oh, we had wow. a big welcome to Alpha sign oh, with fun. all these like taco decorations on it, and uh, and and decorations galore inside, and um, it was just so wonderful that like we saw the team and this is our largest team for alpha yet um really just bring a whole new flavor to radical hospitality so awesome. um through through their actions and and through just their presence on the night that's awesome and who were some of these people that are just like coming to your alpha um maybe just for the tacos and margaritas who knows right um but Absolutely. do you know who they are yet are they people from your pews are they people from the neighborhood is it a mix what do you 
we have a, a great mix. So I think our, our majority is still, it's rather close, but our majority might be people from our pews okay. and people from our parish community. Mm-hmm. But we have seen a huge jump in individuals from other parish communities, Excellent. individuals from the community, uh, uh, Lincoln Park in general. Nice. And in addition, uh, by publishing our alpha, it allows people to find your alpha online. Yeah. And so I think two or three people found us just by searching the zip code, trying to nice. find an alpha. Oh, awesome. And uh, and so we're getting people from all sorts of places, uh, nice. different neighborhoods, uh, just searching and longing for something and hoping that alpha might be the place to find it. So one of the things just for our listeners to understand is that they've been running alpha. Actually, Joseph has been, um, even though Sean's only been there a year and a half, uh, he, he has a predecessor um, and uh, Mary Jane, and they, they actually had been running Alpha for about five years or four years, I guess now. And so yeah. what you start to see is when you get further into it, sometimes they get smaller because you're actually reaching people outward uh, before right. it takes an uptick up. Uh, but it's important to, at this point, invest in the team, which is what Sean uh, is doing, which is just so exciting to hear. Um, Sean, it is just, I just love hearing all the things. I mean, the examples that you just gave about uh, working with this team and handing over based on their gifts. Um, you're just doing all the right things, which is just so exciting. And so um, we don't have um, much time left, um, but unfortunately, but for our listeners, tell them what you've learned about renewal um, and what they could do individually in this process. If their parish isn't doing something, what can they do? Right. And so the the beautiful thing about Alpha is that you, you don't need to do it in a parish. Mm-hmm. You could do it in a coffee house. You could do it in a home. Mm-hmm. And so let's say your parish or your pastor wasn't interested in Alpha as a tool just yet. It doesn't mean that internally you can't give it an opportunity to uh, start to make some movements within your community by inviting friends and family members, yeah. coworkers, neighbors in the area. But I think on, on another sense, in the parish, start to consider where your giftedness is yeah. and try to learn the giftedness of as many other individuals yeah. as you can because yeah. there's such a joy. Yeah. Like what becomes magnetic in our churches is when people come fully alive, utilizing the God-given gifts that they were graced with. And so don't settle for the first yes that the church asks of you, right? Settle, don't, don't settle for that, but, but speak God's yes, the best yes you can give to the church. And, uh, and you'll, you'll make a, an an incredible impact in your parish community. Thank you so much, Sean. I could talk to you all day. Um, Just blessings on everything, your alpha as it goes, and just all the amazing work you're doing at St. Joseph Hat. We can't wait to hear more stories down the road. So thank you, Sean. And thank you to our listeners. Really appreciate the opportunity, Beth. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, To our listeners, we hope you have a blessed Lent, that you continue to move closer and closer to Easter, um, and that your, um, your days and your prayer is filled with many blessings. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago, 
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. Go, 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 go,